episode 12. Welcome to 2020. I'm Barbara Walters. No, I'm not. Um, by now, you know I'm definitely not Barbara Walters. Trying to be, but definitely not there yet. I hope that you had a great New Year experience. I got to tell you, in 2019, for myself and for my circle of people personally, uh, what a shit show that was. Can I just say, um, happy to have tied up that year, thrown it in the past. I have a lot of great energy around 2020. I am manifesting goodness and wonderful progress for 2020 of all humans. So I really do feel that way. Hopefully you do as well. New year, new experiences. Hopefully it is a lot better, like twofold than what 2019 was. Just a lot of death and a lot of negative experiences in 2019. I don't know about you. My <laughs> my my world was full of weird things that I was hearing about from people I love and whatnot. So I am I'm sick of that. We're done with 2019. We are looking forward. Uh, this first guest I'm having for 2020 is a colleague and friend of mine. Her name is Ashley, but you guys probably know her better as Lux. She's on 105.7 The Point. She's been with that radio station for a very long time. She had a, a little bit of a hiatus from alternative radio into pop radio whenever she went to now 96.3, uh, but then she came back to her alma mater of alternative rock, and uh, there she stays. She is quite vibrant. If you have ever seen her, you can never nail down what she looks like. And that is one of her strengths, I think. I love it when people are able to express themselves outwardly on their shell. And she is somebody that does that. She's also an activist of the animals in St. Louis that are up for adoption. She's a huge activist in getting those uh, pups and dogs uh, with Stray Rescue adopted, which is very awesome. And she's also very conscious of her world. And I think that's important too. So we get into everything. I will alert you for those who are triggered by political talk uh, around the 40 minute mark, I believe it is. I go into a very, <laughs> I go into a little bit of a tirade uh, about environmental issues that I feel passionately about. So if you're somebody who doesn't agree or align with my thoughts, uh, you might want to skip over that part if you're triggered by that. But otherwise, you'll be good. So enjoy my conversation from my house. I had brunch for uh, Lux. She and I had pancakes and coffee. And then we sat down in my meditation room and we chatted about anything and everything. It is a very raw and honest conversation. Enjoy it. Episode 12 with Lux. Like, he's a man who, like, you wouldn't expect to have looks, uh-huh. but over the years that I've known him, he's had very distinct Tim-era images, yeah. the way that you have, too. I like that about him. It's like, you wouldn't notice it, because he's very sly, but, like, the long hair, the right. facial Look hair. Right, he'll get a little something-something yeah. going on. I like it. Let's talk about your looks. Oh! Because this was, um, this is interesting, we're starting with this, because... You are somebody who always has a new look. Always. And have you always been like that? Like when you were little and then when you finally got some autonomy, probably in high school or middle school and like, when did you start dyeing your hair? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's funny. I went to Christ Prince of Peace school in Baldwin. It's a Catholic school and my mom taught there. She was a second grade teacher and I was in first grade and one of our projects was to lay on a very large piece of construction paper and somebody outlines the shape of your body and then we all got to draw ourselves in. Now, there was like maybe 20 kids in the class and 19 of them were little, you know, first graders in uniforms Mm -hmm. and 
I drew myself with an off-the-shoulder top with <laughs> cleavage, big hoop earrings, blue eyeshadow, red lips, short skirt, fishnet, high heels, and my teacher at the time walked across the hall, got my mom out of her class, and was like, which one is your daughter? And then the next year I was in public school. So Aww. I went from uniforms to being able to dress myself and I loved it. It was yeah. awesome. So as soon as my mom would let me, I want to say like maybe sixth or seventh grade, I got like just, you know, like the little highlights, the baby lights or something yeah. like that. And then I was just gone from there. I think I went red for the first time in college, like maybe 2003 or something. But even then it was just like a test ride. It was like, you know, just right. whatever. And now here... I've had every color. I'm just enjoying the spectrum of it. Yeah. It's a really nice temporary way for me to uh, change up my vibe. And without, close chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without having to necessarily redo my wardrobe or redo my house or anything. So it's kind of a, yeah. it's a control thing, I think, for me to feel like, okay, like I'm the sassy pink haired, like this is my like gem phase. Like I think my, <laughs> you watch gem, my like, yeah. my inner like four year old is so satisfied right now. Yes. But I just came out of like a full year of like dark brown, which is like a really natural thing for me. And it was the longest period of any time where I had the same hair color. And then I went to natural blonde for a while, oh, which was really fun. Although people definitely confused us more often. <laughs> yes. Uh, I got called Lux quite often and I'm going, what? Like, and then I'm like, it has to be the L's and it has to be the hair. Yep. People were confused at work. Yeah. Oh, that's and, fine. <laughs> and, I was say, and probably because of our voices too, I think yeah. since we work in a voice related industry. But now I'm just definitely, I'm in the, I'm in my 2020. I think I'm going to rock some red going in here oh or at least God, I'm yes. going that direction. Who knows? I was always a fan of your light pink whenever it was really short, and then obviously the red is so cool. You always remind, I remember when I first met you, I thought, oh my god, this girl looks like Jenny Lewis. And I remember, because th- you had the, ba- we both had the crazy bangs, bangs. <laughs> and I'm like, she looks just like Jenny Lewis. And my college roommate was obsessed with her, so I like told her, I'm like, I'm working with this woman who looks exactly like your idol, and so I always thought that was who you reminded That's me of. That's like the coolest, I... You know, I don't know if I don't look like anybody necessarily, so people don't give me that kind of thing often. Um, but that one's got to be definitely up there. Recently, I had a label rep ask me if I knew Allison Mosshart oh, because God. I reminded him of her, and I like with like, the dark hair. Yeah, yeah, and I like I actually physically mm. like recoiled. With she's and he was like, "Oh, are you okay?" I'm like, "She's like as badass as it comes with yeah. rock and roll women." I mean, she stands next to Jack White on stage every night and holds her like, own. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh. But Jenny Lewis is absolutely like yeah. Mm. Like I have a record over here. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm looking. I was gonna say, I'm looking at your record tours. Yeah, we just went to uh, Third Man Records a couple weeks ago. God, your collection is good. Well, it's I, thick. It could be bigger, but it's um, yeah. Like this is totally you. This is you right here. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. Riding a horse. Riding a horse with it with like a Elvis bejeweled. Yes, and that red hair. On the, oh my God! Yes, that's what I, I think I want to go back to. Yeah, and you need to get some sort of gypsy outfit. Yeah, right. Like that. God, I'm slacking on my New Year's outfit. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So New Year's Eve. I mean, I don't. I do resolutions, mm-hmm. but I somebody put something um, so something out like uh, I don't remember who it was, friend or somebody I follow and. They said, you know, what's your intention? And I thought, you know, I'm going to put intentions out instead of resolutions. Like things that I'm finished with, I don't know if that's something, but like an intention for 2020 is like so much more fulfilling, I think. So like, what are your intentions in the next year? Um, I am, well, 
I finally actually understood the concept of intention and resolution in the last three years. In 2017, I was like, I want to be more financially stable. Yeah. And I went and got a financial advisor, which I thought I had not no business doing. I'm like, I don't make enough money for this. And it turns out that literally, even though you make very little dollars, you still need, that's sure. probably more why you need that person than anything else. So that was 2017. Last year, um, well, that was 2018, I guess. 2019, my goal was to uh, release anything that was not necessary to me, release things that were harmful for me, because honestly, I like to hold on to things because I don't like failure. So like, even if it's a toxic friendship or, um, you know, like a bad habit of food that I'm eating or whatever, like I kind of cling to those things. So last year was like releasing it. And it's funny because I'll, I'll put this resolution out, you know, like around January 1st and then I forget about it. (laughs) But the last two years at the end of the year, I was like, Oh, I did it. Like, I actually did it. I was like, I don't know if it was just not choosing something so lofty or insane that I can't get to it, or if now in my 30s, I'm able to, um, like, manifest myself into it, or I just keep it in the back of my head and I was doing it. So this year, I want to share more of my life in real life with people, because I spend a ton of time on social media. Yes, you do. A ton of time in front of screens. Like, at some point, you're like, I've got my computer screen, I've got my telephone screen, and then, like the TV on the wall and it's like three screens between me and the wall and that's a lot. So my goal is to share more of myself with like other people and not just go to places to like go but like actually choose to be with people who are going to also be present in that right. moment. Because um, I make the mistake as many people do of just being like oh so and so wants me to meet them at the bar or whatever and then you go to the bar and you end up like standing there like drinking something full of calories that's bad for your liver anyway and you're in a smoke filled environment if you're outside you know what I mean like right and then you're like god what did I get home with I found out about my person's you know my friend's day maybe or I listened to loud music while trying to hear them like yeah. as much as that's a fun environment I think I'm looking for more like tangible takeaway moments and that I'm getting from choosing the right people and then making sure I am very um not particular I'm looking for the right for the right word very tactical and like what I do with my time. So. That's interesting. Because I, I look at your life and I go, she's out all the time. You know, and you are. You, like, I'll talk to people in the industry or my friends that know you and I'll, and they're like, God, man, like, all of your life is um, showcased on social media, which is great for your brand and yeah. it's great for the station and yeah. all that. But at the same time, you know, I would, I would think people... Everybody who is on social media who follows anyone, they have an idea. Everybody has a, a preconceived notion, and that's why anyone follows anyone. And then they get to experience that person in, you know, in quote air quotes, firsthand experience with what your life is like. Uh, our friend Christine Malovetz, mm-hmm. who works in New York, oh. she is always like, these are just the highlights. Yeah. And I love that because... That no, none of us that are in public eye who share anything on social media are going to show you the really shitty moments that happen and like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But you, you even do that sometimes. Oh, thanks. I try. I, I realize that those sad and depressed, bummed, angry, anxiety filled moments sometimes don't look genuine on social media. Like there's no genuine way to like take a photo of yourself crying and it just there's yeah. something so wrong about it so I can understand why the majority of stuff is positive also you it's it's a two-edged sword when you show that kind of stuff you get a lot of people like oh I'm so sorry and it's just a lot of energy that comes right. back at you um but I think it's really important to just sometimes rip off the band-aid and do it as awkward as it is and yeah. say I'm having a bad day or say um I don't like myself today because 
that's more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there should be more of that on social media. Like, we're not going to get away from social media. It's an $8 billion industry. It's exploding like crazy. Um, people are just on it all the time. They're on one app or the other, or they're on all the apps either way. Um, so really for me, I'm wanting people to get to know me a little bit more, but I hope that they know that it really is just a small portion. It's so strange how people think they know who you are from that. And then they want to talk to you about it afterwards. And you're like, yeah. Oh no, I totally forgot I did that. Or, Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. only one part of me. God, so dating weird. has been a nightmare because I'm just, I'm literally looking I'm like who has not lived in St. Louis? Who, who's a transplant who doesn't listen to the radio and doesn't have Instagram. Like, that is hard. Because then they get to meet me and not think that I'm this TikTok dancing, you know, right. not this, filter wearing. This yeah, yeah. Social, you know. How is that? I mean, I, I listened to your small talk episode with Michelle. <laughs> and so I, I know I know about the dating apps, which I would highly suggest that episode to anybody that wants to go. Because you guys got pretty in depth with the dating scene yeah. for you. But I mean, I always worry about that with any of my girlfriends in this business and the guys too that are single. There's not too many of them, but no. you know, I'm always like, I hope that people are swiping whatever it is left or right on them in the right way instead of going, oh, I want to date a public figure. I want to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cause that's super creepy. And I know that that stuff happens. And the other side of that, I mean, that's somebody who would like me for these kind of things. The other thing is there's a lot of people who think I'm cheesy or cringy or any of these things because that's all they see. They right. don't see the other side of me, which is fine. Because also, if you think those things about me, we're probably not going to get along. Like, right. <laughs> if you think TikTok dancing is cringy, you're not for me and I'm not for you. And that's right. totally fine. But I want people to know that that's not all that I am. So yeah. please look past that, I suppose. Or look look deeper. Well, understand that. that that's a layer of this yeah. business. It's not the full story no. of like, I mean... I haven't been on, t- the only TikTok I've been on is yours, hey. and it was fun doing it. I, the only reason I don't do it is because I just, I don't, um, that part of social media doesn't, like, I don't know, I love no. dancing on my own, like, yeah. and I don't even know the first thing about that app. No, it's weird, it's weird what attracts people. Yeah. Like, it's, everything is not for everybody when it comes to apps, for sure, Um, but I'm totally addicted. I absolutely love it. My brain throughout the day when I'm doing things says to me, Ooh, that's good for Instagram. Ooh, that's good for TikTok. That's cool. Remember this audio? You should use that. I don't know why it doesn't. (laughs) I'm just glad I'm in an era where I have a creative outlet for it because I wonder what else I would be doing with myself. Like, Hey man, I'm I'm not an artist, so I couldn't, I would not be sculpting or painting or anything. Well, this is kind of an art though. I see. I think content creation is, I'm really nerdy about it. Like I think it's so fun. I love trying to capture these moments in my life and find the funny way to put them into 15 seconds and then spurt them out for somebody to consume. It's like having my own television show without having to audition for the role, without having to book the gig. I just have this totally free platform where people are um, open to finding my stuff, and if they like it, great. Honestly, if you troll me, also great. Right. Come on through. Like, keep me humble. <laughs> That's let me, fun. Let me ask you this, though. Um, so you are talking earlier about going out with friends and having, like, something tangible to take away from it. Do you ever feel like when you are out in a moment with your friends and you get your phone out that you're missing out on that tangible moment, or do you feel like that enhances it? I think I've been really cautious about making sure that I only take it out once or twice when I'm out. Like, it's funny, 
because I, uh, I really feel like the biggest misconception about me is that I go out all the time, but it's only because I literally photograph or video every time that I go out <laughs> so that people <laughs> know that I've gone right. to see these things or do these things. Cause like I will spend, uh, like, you know, six out of seven days at home and then I'll go out to one concert and I will blow up that feed. Right. Like I will blow it up. Yeah, with shit. Yeah. There's going to be an Instagram photo. There's going to be an Insta story. There's going to be like, and I will take like boop, 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 boop. And then I put my phone in my pocket. It's more frustrating to me when I don't take anything of it and I get home and I'm like, God, that was so good. Now I can't look back on it. What the hell? Right. Cause I like, I think at some point my memory is now becoming very much lodged with what I've seen. I'm a very visual, so like I love going back. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely that person who goes back and looks at her concert videos. <laughs> like they're like, who does that? And I've got like a whole concert highlight reel at the top of my feed. And whenever yeah. I'm bored, I'll like flick through it. And I'm like, oh god, SZA was so good last year. Or oh, I remember going to see this band or that band. I'm like, oh, or that so and so wore that outfit and that was hilarious. And I remember she tripped down the stairs. Like that's how my brain remembers <laughs> things. I think I got Facebook when I was in college. It was still for college only. And that was like when everybody started taking photos of themselves yes. and posting it. And it just has become this megalith of, of a thing. And I think it helps my brain to process what I did that day, what I'm going through. What you're wearing. What I'm wearing. Which, honestly, you, I mean, I'm a fan of <laughs> I, Clueless. You saw Clueless. Oh, yeah. I dreamed of growing up and having that, that computer and just going boop, boop, boop. And it like mixes the outfits for you. Yes. That outfit of the day highlight reel, I go back to it. I'm like, God, I don't know what to wear. Boop, boop, boop. That's appropriate for this. Okay, great. And it like, literally helps me put my outfits together. I think it's cute. That's also, it's a safety thing. thing. I feel like people don't take this into account. If I go missing, you know what the hell I'm wearing. <laughs> That's true. You know where the hell I was last. It's very true. I try not to post things exactly in real time yeah. because I don't want people to like, uh, if, Stalk if, there are, if there is a crazy person out there, yes. I don't want them to like legit show up at the bar. So if I'm posting something from probably parlor, because that's where I'm at 90% of the bar time, which is what, one day a week maybe? <laughs> <laughs> like I make sure to post it like after I've left or that's like, smart. you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Because I don't want to make, I want people to. Well, and see, this is interesting to hear because I don't think people understand like, oh, all of these things are taken into account Mm. for what we're doing. It's not just for entertainment, but it's also, there's so many other um, fractions of it about, you know, why you do the things that you're doing. It's not, it's not narcissism. It's not just to post something just to post that day. I think that's cool that you're explaining all that. I think what people don't see perhaps because they're not working with a following that's large enough to get this kind of response but I get a ton of direct messages just Mm -hmm. a ton in general and yes there's a bunch of dudes being like you look hot but a lot of times like I'll get somebody who tells me that their daughter looks for my outfits of the day she's in high school and she's like looking for inspiration and yeah I'm 36 but hey man if the sweater I like is one you like great right or when I talk about my depression or my suicidal thoughts or anything serious I get somebody who says me too or oh I hope your dog's okay I've got a dog she was sick and um, as a single woman in her 30s who spends a lot of time with just her dogs, I'll spend a good couple hours writing, reading, responding to these kind of things because those are also relationships in my world. And I believe that they're becoming more, they're not up there within real life friendships, but they're like, they're growing on that because I spend yeah. so much time talking to these people. I can recognize people by their screen name most often, right? good or bad. Um, but that's, it's like a, when I thank people on the internet, like, thank you for following me. It's not because, um, the follower count matters as much as how cool it is that I can have that one-on-one reaction with somebody really quickly. Right. It's very genuine. It's tangible to you, to me. And while I'm sitting at home, I'm not 
feeling lonely and thinking right. about how great it is that I helped you or you helped me or you've got a suggestion or whatever. It's a community. Yeah. It is a qualitative community instead yeah. of quantitative, which I think is important for people to understand. And I, I have that too to some degree. It's funny because like my audience is so much older and so they don't like our Casey's audience is Facebook. They all yes. like Facebook. And I've gotten, a, I've gotten away from Facebook. Like I, I still do it, but, um, yeah, I follow you. I comment on like everything. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm, you know what? I might be a top fan. On your I Facebook. hope you are. We always have really good, like interesting questions or interesting tidbits on there that I really like to play around with. But I also, I took my learn page and I made a group called the learn arena and it's a focus group. And so instead of having like 15,000 people possibly, yeah. it's like a thousand people yeah. and it's all, it's very community based and it's, it's probably, it's like the P one, we call it P one in the radio industry, yeah. you know it. And like, they're the people that are commenting in there. They're not waiting for me to post anything. They're posting and then they're all commenting together. And it's like this little interactive web. I want one. It's really fun. And it's, um, I like it a lot. But so like my learn page is all business stuff. Like yeah. just random events. stuff, but events, business stuff. The learn arena is like more private, more personal, more people that I think are here for like my brain a little bit more. Yeah. Then like Instagram to me is like my favorite place to be because I just love pictures. Yes. I love seeing everything. So much less trolling. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the generational gap too. Like I know the okay boomer, like <laughs> part of me loves it because the boomers have been just trashing on millennials for so long. And then part of me absolutely hates it because I love my parents who are mm-hmm. definitely boomers and they are so sweet and they're definitely trying their best. Right. But then again, that's not everyone, but there's a definite, ooh, there's a definite difference there. And I wonder if that's, you know, our generation or the younger, <laughs> our generation. <laughs> I know. We're not the <laughs> young what, ones anymore. What, you know what I mean? I'm like the younger generation, Gen Z, Yeah. you know, they're so wanting to recycle and they want to help people. They're like less trolly, I suppose. So you get on Instagram and it's just like, oh, you look great, girl. That's yeah. so cool. And like, you get on Facebook and someone's like, that's dumb. I'm like, ah. And that's the other thing. Let me see, because you do know so much about social media. Like, I feel like um, Facebook is very stagnant. And once you put static, once oh, you put something there, it's there. It's there. Twitter is fleeting, you know, it's I there and it's gone. I cannot figure out Twitter to save my life. Other than occasionally polling or posting, a, like, I'm going to be here somewhere. Right. Or live tweeting an event. Like, oh, I'm watching the Blues game. You're watching. That's what, what it's has- for. Otherwise, I like, I'm like, do people just write on this thing all day? Clever people do. Clever people. It, it is. It is the site for clever people yeah. and for the Jokes intellectual. And witties. Yeah. Yes. Like. Because uh-huh. I love that. I love that you can't go crazy. There's only so many characters it's, you know, you can't necessarily schedule things. Like, yeah. I, I like that it's it's very, it's at, right there at the moment. Facebook is so, um, it, it sits there and it I, th- I feel like it marinates on yep. people. It aggregates all yeah. sorts of stuff. And and people can't, they'll, I, like I saw a guy the other day posting or commenting on something of mine from like 2015. So he either had to like dig back way far, Ooh. which is really creepy, or somehow it, Brought it back to real time from four years no. ago. It was just so weird. No. So I don't know. I, I I use them all in different ways, and those are like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are the only ones I'm on. And it's it's enough to maintain those. But whenever I see you doing like all the up to date new apps, I'm like, <laughs> go for it, girl. Like lead the way. Like I. <laughs> I'm just over here watching, like, clapping, you know, like, good for you. Willing to shake your booty for me on a video. Right, with a monster. It's funny, because, like, some apps are new, and I see them, and I'm like, oh, that, no, I'm not going to get in on that. And I see them, and I'm like, oh, if that takes off, I'm going to be late on that. TikTok, for me, is just, it's... 
the number one most downloaded app five quarters in a row. It has overtaken YouTube. It has overtaken Facebook. Um, I once heard somebody say when like the brands get on there, you need to be on there. And that reminds me of like when we had MySpace for the point and they used to pay me an extra hour or two every week to come in and code the MySpace so we had the right top eight or whatever it was. And then I told them we need to have Facebook and they're like, no, we don't need to. I'm like, no, the St. Louis Cardinals are on here. Like if the big business in St. Louis is on here, the audience is there, which means you just need to take up space in that audience, right. audience space. Um, I did not think that I would like TikTok. I just downloaded it because somebody was like, hey, this is the new thing. You should check this out. And then I totally became addicted. <laughs> And then it, I've watched it change so much in the one... It's only been around a year and a half or something. So they basically bought Vine and Musical.ly and combined them. So it's 15 to 60 second videos. All the editing things that I do are already in the app. It's absolutely incredible. You can stop, start, video record, which you can't do with Instagram right. Story. Because you can keep it 15 second, you can transfer it to other mediums, which is so great. Um, and just the absolute... The content piggybacking. Right. Um original content is so hard and we're trying to pump out stuff every single day. I mean, as a radio person, it's draining. So you go to work and you plan your entire morning show and then you plan your entire midday show and then you're like, what else do I have left? And I go on this app and people will take a song with like a lyric that's something meaningful or something that's like funny and then they'll make a video to it and then everybody else takes that same audio and then makes it for their life. And that's why it becomes so addicting and the weirdest part for a music industry professional is seeing that the people who are getting the most Spotify streams are not artists who have been going out and touring the way that we've watched them. Their labels are putting them on TikTok, and a 15-second clip of their hook goes absolutely viral, and that's how you have Roxanne, Roxanne, all she wants to do is party all night. Because that video, somebody (laughs) made a video dancing to it, 17 million people reposted that video, and all of a sudden this guy, who has one song from like three years ago, is now the number one most Spotify person, he's making three grand a day, it's like, and then you think, okay, and the radio label business gets into it, and then they pay to have the songs done by influencers, like the hottest teen, Charlie D'Amio, I think she's like 16 years old, and she has like 70 million followers, and she goes and does a little snapping and a little booty shake into it, and then next (laughs) thing you know, it's a freaking hit, and they're on tour, and it's like, what? This is crazy. Do you think that's where this business is going? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, at least at least it's swinging that way in a very large and fast way. I had a conversation with a label rep friend of mine who wasn't even aware that this was happening. I'm like, and I brought up that artist, and he goes, oh, my God, we all wondered where this guy came from. I'm like, you have to get on TikTok. It's where, Triller's basically the exact same thing as well. It's a different app. It's the same thing. But both apps are taking whatever hot song they have. Right. They're getting an influencer to do a dance or to make a funny video about it or content creation, which is awesome. It's yeah. putting the power in like the hands of maybe some college kid who does marketing, who like loves it, but doesn't have a job yet. You know, it's people, people like me sitting at home, like, okay, I want to do something for this. And, you know, I posted a video of myself. It's 15 seconds long. I'm on the rooftop at 360 bar in St. Louis. I set the camera down. You see me run from one end of the bar to the other, and then when the music hits, I do three movements with my arms, 40,000 views. It's been watched for 160 (laughs) hours worth of time. But you have not made money on that. No, not yet. I only have about 5,000 followers, but for only being on there a couple months, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Unless you have like a really viral video right away, um, and then people just kind of soar up. 
but I've always grown my following kind of like just slow and steady. It took a long time. And I always felt like the return is so much better because those people actually care. Right. So I would rather not have a super viral video and have like 18,000 followers now than just for the next couple of years build up a couple thousand. Yeah. And then people who actually care. But I'm really nerdy. This is definitely my kink. I think social media is 100% my kink. (laughs) I love that you have uh, have research and you have data and all that to talk about it because I think that that makes... People understand, like, you kind of know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not just that you're looking at this and going, oh, this is fun. I'm just getting lucky on it. You're actually researching it. And I think that's, that's great. It's weird because <laughs> I will never get over feeling awkward having a selfie stick out, my phone and my selfie stick doing a Facebook Live from an event. Um, I do them every single month from Big St. Charles Motorsports over the summer, and I will never not feel totally strange, like, holding it out there. Right. But at the same time, I love seeing the people respond who, like, couldn't get to the event, and they're like, oh my god, what? You have this crazy, like, death-defying, they always have these crazy, large events. Yeah. And I'm showing them all this stuff, and they're like, oh man, I can't wait to come out next month. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm doing this, even though I know people are snickering over my shoulder because they're like, look at that girl with the selfie stick just walking around here. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm not worried about you anymore. I'm not worried about me saying to somebody, oh my God, congratulations, I saw you got a new dog on Facebook. And they're like, isn't that weird, talking about something on Facebook? I'm like, no, over it. I'm now, I know that that's not everybody and not everybody's there yet. And it'll still seem like a cheesy little thing that I do for fun. Um, But I see the bigger picture with it. Um, And the bigger picture is just human connection. I mean, yeah, money making would be wonderful. I like all of my sponsors and anybody who's willing to pay for me to do social media to build their brand or to help them out. Um, But I just love connecting to people, whether it's over my hair color or my outfit or, um, you know, the occasional time when I'll talk about politics. It's so rare. You are in my close friends group, so you see my political (laughs) rantings. (laughs) There are like, there's all of like eight people on my close friend group and you are one of them. (laughs) My favorite is people that listen to us on the radio that possibly will listen to this podcast that have some sort of idea in their mind that maybe we are not politically activated. <laughs> like, how in the hell is anybody not politically activated in this climate of America right now? So, yeah, I we don't go into it too much on here, but, um, like, I have some guests lined up for 2020 podcast episodes that it is going to get quite political, and it's going to be interesting to see... Um, what people think. I just think regardless of what side you're on, how yeah. do you not find this incredibly fascinating? It is something that has never happened. This is this discord, this like, t- like it's just the laws regarding it, all these old laws from our founders and right. like what they thought America should be. And here we are in 2019. How does that, how do you compute those two things together? And yeah. watching people just on one side say, it's just, I went and saw Bob Woodward speak yeah. um, a couple weeks ago uh, with our friend Michelle um, for those of you who don't know, Woodward and Bernstein brought down Nixon and the Watergate, and he talked about the differences between the Nixon impeachment, writing on the Clinton impeachment, and then he's written two books on Trump, um, and he's about to do another one, and it was just so incredibly fascinating talking about his interview with Bill Clinton, Yeah, how he sat down, and the whole interview was so magical that he left there thinking, like, I nailed it, and then he listened to it, and he was like, oh, man, just like, he's like, that man is so charismatic, you, you lose yeah. yourself in it. I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. It's part of being a politician is to have charisma and to Ugh. be able to, all of them, right? to be able to put a facade up and um, either gain a following or, you know, deflect everybody. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, hu- they're human beings. Yep. They're, they're no more special than you or I. Like, 
Um, and they're just put on these political stages and it's insane. I was thinking about this the other day. It is insane that there are like only so many leaders in the world that are are just suggesting the direction of the masses. Yes. Like, when you really narrow it down, when you just like blanket it and go, oh, there's, I don't know how it's many like, there it's are. It's going to be like 0.5% like, of the population of the world or something, right? Like yeah. something 0.2%. It's like small. It's super small. Like I'm talking about the head of the head, like the presidents, yeah. the prime ministers, the, the very, very top, top, top. Yeah, we're talking like, U- like, UN council. Like, yeah, like 300, 500, yeah. I don't know. Like, and it's millions of us. They're in charge of millions of us. Right. And we all just kind of follow along. <laughs> like how is there not just anarchy everywhere? Right. Especially. Has different systems. Some people get to vote, some people don't. Right. We just sit around and let it all go down. Well, like if like North Korea Koreans could find out about what is going on in the world or, or like right. any, or, or countries that do not have internet or phones or anything yeah. like if they could know what's going on and we could all connect like god forbid the internet does go global and technology does go global and these um you know like let's say lesser countries that are they are not as technologically sheltered. advanced and yeah. sheltered let's say everybody rises up as a human right like I'm sorry. There's like, a lot more of us. There's a lot more of us. Like, hey, hey. some shit's gonna go down. So I I just sit there and think about, like, how activated everybody is. And my brother-in-law asked me, uh, he was like, do you think that we're gonna have a civil war? And I'm like, at the time, this has been a year and a half yeah. ago, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, everybody's great. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna come through this with peace. And then, like, year and a half later, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, I can see something really happening. Like, this yeah. is not gonna be good. And so, anyway. It's not that far off. <laughs> like, guys... <laughs> I need to go into like a box. I need to like learn how to defend because I'm not I'm not a uh, gun person by any means, but I I do have knives and I have other means to defend myself. But I've also been thinking about like wanting to do something this year where I get in really great shape with self defense, where I can kick the shit out of somebody yes. if I need to. Krav Maga or something. Yeah, like I want to be because I took judo, so yes. I know how to like if somebody comes at me, yes. I know how to like throw them on the ground. But I I want to be able to like kick somebody square in the face and like punch yes him. and like I just I want to be Charlie's angel myself. shit really yeah I want like like roundhouse somebody's ass Dude, is like what I want when your hand is so strong your right. hand wrist combination you, just, you like judo chop them in the throat yes. and they go down I want to know the kill bill five yes. the five <laughs> thing you know heart twist right? yeah yes. and then the five steps that he walks like that's what I want to learn how to do to protect myself and my flash, life. flash forward like a week from now and you're like in your pajamas like your leg hair has grown and you've been watching Kill Bill for like four straight days you're like I think I think I got, I got it. it I think I got it to like Tim's like come to bed <laughs> That's so sad, but also it's just, you just, you got to be paying attention for your own safety, for your own health, for your own benefit, because you're so right. Just the way I feel about radio personalities, when you think about the population of St. Louis and how many people are actually on the radio, live, whatever, it's like... 0.002%. 0.002%. We have the weirdest job on the planet. We do. It's and, bizarre. And when you bring it globally, our leaders are like these tiny little... I've never really brought it to that scale, but that's kind of terrifying. Well, I'm here to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> More of us than of them. <laughs> Not to, like, call onto the masses and revolt, but I'm just saying, like, let's all be very aware and cognizant, like... Well, see, maybe that's amazing. where you're going to... This is where you're going to get into TikTok, because Gen Z... <laughs> look, look. Millennials and Gen Z are the number one people on there. Granted, yeah. I have some really cute, like, octogenarians that I'm, like, watching on there, and they are savage What's and an cute. octogenarian? Isn't that, like, 80? Isn't that... Uh, 80? Octogenarian? Yeah, isn't that 80 years or... 80 years? Like, they're 80-year-olds? Mm-hmm. Right? 
Is that not what it is? I don't, I don't know. I've never heard that, but I'll, let's go with it. Right, so it, feels, it feels good to me. It feels good. So, like, there's, like, older people on there, and there's definitely a ton of, like, in the 30s who are like, we're too old. We don't deserve to be here. But the amount of young people who are doing political TikToks, yeah. every day I send them to my mom, and I'm like, the young people are going to save our lives. The young people are going to save the world. They really it's a are. shame that I, it's a shame as my generation I have to look down and be like, save me, save me. But well, there's more of you who all agree on one thing, and my generation seems to be very mixed bag. Well, so and you know what? We're all very egotistical in our generations, where oh, we yeah. always think like, oh, our generation's going to be the one that's the best. Yep. Every generation. I'm looking at these young people like Greta Thunberg. I'm yes. going. What an amazing young woman who just, right? just eco, she was as eco-friendly as she could, toured around the world by boat, and then she said, I'm going to protest every Friday. She gets freaking Farrah Foss, or Jane Fonda, yeah! uh, arrested every Friday. Like, I'm sitting here going, this young lady is incredible, and anybody who says otherwise is really ill-informed on what is going on. If you are 55 years old and you're bitching about this young lady, guess what? You're going to be well off and gone when she's your age and it's going to, we're not going to have clean water to take baths. No. So I, and I'm somebody who water is my number one thing. Water. Life. Ice water. I got to have my daily shower. I got to be able to brush my teeth. I got to be able to clean my nephew when he comes over. Like, I'm sorry. That is like my top priority. Do we have Think water? Think about hospitals that have to like replenish people's bodies yes. and stuff like that. Like, come on. Like, if you like comfort, yeah. you need to be on the <laughs> side of society that is pro-Earth and we are here for the <laughs> wellness of Mother Earth. I'm sorry. the truth. If you like comfort, if you like your general simple pleasures, yeah. like clean sheets. Right. Oh my God. Clean sheets. Clean sheets. Let's go over all the comforts. Clean towels. Woo! Good smells. Good smells. I'm talking about no B.O. Do you want to live in a world where everybody smells like absolute dog crap? Like, I don't. I don't. Do you want to have sex with the person you love and you want them to smell nice? Yes. Right? Like. Pro-earth. Pro-earth. You're (laughs) pro-earth. You you have great hair. You want to wash that gorgeous hair? We grew up with Captain Planet. I don't know how we got here. My very first radio commercial. My very first. Uh, audio right. is for was for a McDonald's commercial when I was in second grade, and it was a bouncing Earth that had the McDonald's M on it. It said, um, "Hey kids, McDonald's knows kids can help the Earth." And then I talked about like turning your lights off at the end of the night, using less air. Con- like that was literally I was in second grade. So yeah. like how we got to this place where we're like, "Nah, it's cool. It's cool. Let's I want- just dump oil everywhere." I'm like, we "Oh no, no, jobs. no!" It's like, guess what? Your job isn't going to exist when the Earth sucks, dude. Right? So that money you're making, good luck spending all of it on your clean water. It's going to cost you fifty grand a year. <laughs> Which, by the way, like my dad was a coal miner. My dad was in the ground freaking black lung like the coal mine uh shut down he like lost his job but guess what he came home and it was like healthier for him to be above ground his you know we had to get a new furnace we had a coal burning furnace at my house when i was a little girl you know i remember going into the it was scary as hell he had all the coal in this like room and i would take my girlfriends in there and it was like it 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 smelled so weird it was so scary and then like i would watch him shovel coal into the furnace like i probably have black lung anyway um so you know we had to get a new furnace we had to he had to go back to school and he became like a janitor for a little while then he ended up dying from lung cancer god i don't know how did that happen crazy crazy employment in vietnam and all this crap like it's 
So I'm like, he that's, was better that off is for a not first being hand, in That this. is such an incredible firsthand story. I don't know a coal miner, but I still feel like that stuff shouldn't be around. I think it's maybe the, I got the black lung pop from Zoolander that right? might have like tripped my little teenage brain right? to be like, wait a second, this is wrong. But that's incredible that you have that firsthand experience. I've been, this is some interesting, I have a story. Yeah. So down in Southern Illinois, my dad was a coal miner. Um, he, you know, and it, nobody likes to lose their job. I don't want people to no. lose their jobs, but I'm just saying there are more options available for electricity in this day and age and jobs than ever before. Mm-hmm. This was like in the nineties when this happened. And so, um, my dad like hated that work. Like he would come home and he was just like dark, like and exhausted, and filthy, exhausted. underground, like my grade school literally took us on a field trip into the coal mines, took no. 50 children underground, and, like, turned the lights off, and it's pitch black. No. I'm yeah. still terrified of the idea that a canary is going to, like, die and be like, well, I'm next. Yeah, like, you're next. I'm not going down there. Seriously. It's it's the crazy... So, I have this first world experience with this whole thing, and it was... Trust me, like, nobody doing that job is very... Unless the top tier that are making millions of dollars... They're, it's not good work. Well, it's, it's like when people work. say, like, I'm not a ditch digger. Like, nobody likes that job, but people do jobs so that they make money, right. so that they take care of their family and exactly. can go on a vacation or do anything they want to do or buy new stuff or whatever, eat, right. eat food, whatever it is. So it's like, oh, we just really need to get those people into healthier jobs for their bodies and exactly. for the environment. That would be so great. And there should be, like, <laughs> especially with, because a lot of our electricity does still come from coal in this country. Yeah. Like, what we need to do is... There, these environmentally, environmentally friendlier uh, industries need to be partnering with these coal yes. plants and going, look, we're transitioning you out, but we want to use your people because these are hardworking men and women. And they know And they energy. know something. And we want to keep them. And we want to make sure that they transfer over. That would be everybody working together. There is no room for bitching in that um, perfect world that I'm talking about. But I wish that, you know, all of these companies would kind of work together to to translate ourselves out of that old world energy source and then that way we can have a cleaner existence. Anyway, this has been a political tangent. No, I, but no, I, don't I just care. I love how every <clears throat> single person has something that's important to them when it comes to any of these issues. I have a girlfriend, uh, we play soccer together and she works in the wine industry and she posted the other day, uh, like I never talk politically, I don't ever post stuff like this. But these wine tariffs are going to absolutely kill my industry. It's going to kill jobs. It's going to, across the board, it's going to make your wine super expensive. And it's like, you know, maybe somebody over here, their issue is um, immigration or maybe, but like to this, to her, this is her world the same way coal is their world. And it was, it brought it home to me that like everybody, their industry or their passion matters to them. And we need people in those pockets so much like we need somebody like you who has firsthand knowledge of that, um, who can actually not only speak from research but can literally speak from her dad's experience, from his right. loss of life for lung cancer. Like that is really important. Whereas I don't know anything about wine, so I need her to tell me right. that this is going to kill jobs all over the place and this is going to do these kind of things. And I, I think it's important not to come at them and be like, "Oh, you're all about free and wine, well, and you should be about this too." It's like, no, we need everybody to care about these little things because there's so many issues going on, yes. and there's again more of us than there are of them. We maybe just have to realize (laughs) that we have to take some of the burden on ourselves or we have to take some of the responsibility to research on these things and then tell our politicians and stuff what it is that we want instead of waiting for them to recommend something for us because they have so many things on their plate. Tons. Instead, we have these little pockets. These people care about uh, birth rights. These people care about, you know, the environment. These people, I'm like, okay, then we should be getting that knowledge and then the politicians should go from there instead of the other way around. Right. 
it should not be funded by money. Like everything is, you know, everybody has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Everybody has morals. Everybody has ethics. Great. I'm everybody who is passionate about anything or part of a religion or not part of a religion. Everybody's cool in my, I'm like, great. That works for you. But understand it's all these little autonomous things. And then we're all kind of in this together and it's impossible to make everybody happy or, you know, we're all so different. It's never, it's never going to exist. This perfect utopia is not a thing. But it's, it, it is possible because we do it every day as a society to work together and so we have to have legislation that is open enough to allow people to work together to combat the issues at hand. And man, at the very top of literally every issue is the environment. Because if we don't have a planet, we're we so don't have it. I love it. You know? Like, it has to be top tier. Like, if you're... Also, it seems like it shouldn't be a partisan situation because we all have to live here. Like, I agree. I get it where, like, maybe if your religion, um, you're more towards pro-life than you are pro-choice because your religious values teach you one thing right. but like the earth was never a religiously it wasn't a politically it's just like we all it's a planet exist yeah, yeah. We, we need this thing man right. all of us need it so well if you're worried about you know fetuses being born then they better have a planet to, to be, live on yeah, to actually yep. live on see i'm so. i'm really interested in education and i really feel like that is 100 the future my mother was a teacher my father was a paramedic but he has his degree in education as well so that really matters to me but Educating smart children won't matter if there isn't a planet for them to go to school right. on. So it's like every, hey, we financially crash, that's one thing. But if we don't have a planet to pick ourselves, we, we just need it. Yeah. I would say it's edu- it goes earth, education, mm-hmm. literally every other. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Those top two because you have to be able to translate it for people to understand what's going on. And man. There's definitely a disparity in the education world. I mean, all over the country, from city to city, on a large scale. I mean, you look at other countries, they're doing so much better educationally than we are. Right. And it's like, man, we have so many brilliant people in the United States. We like, do. We have a good situation. We just need to up that situation. Like, good resources. We need better. We need better funding. We need more teachers. We need to invest in our teachers like they're doing yes, something other than babysitting They need to be paid millions of dollars. They really so, do. I say it all the time. Millions of dollars. And I can't figure out how people like... Radio and TV people make what we make, and then I'm like, why do teachers don't? They why make it yeah, more exactly. than us? Like, why? Why aren't you also making that yeah, amount of money? You're more important than this. Like, like we, we have football players playing like one game a one, year, right? And they're <laughs> getting entertain $60 you. million dollars. Great. <laughs> and we have a teacher who's like literally going to educate the future politicians, the future doctors, the future veterinarians, yeah. and everything. And we're like, cool. It's not paying any money. Yeah, you get fifteen grand. And then we wonder why everybody cannot get anything other than an entry level job because. I mean, the education in the, like, elementary and the middle school is so jacked up. They're like, God, and then you get to college and you pay all that money for it. Well, I'll tell you this much. I hated school as, like, grade school was fine. Middle school hated it. High school did not pay attention. was so friend-focused. Yeah. I regret it so much. And I had great teachers. It had nothing to do with them. But it was me. I was so not focused. Then I go to junior college, narrow down what I wanted to do, and then went to you know, uh, university and I excelled. It was like yep. A's and B's yep. and I, because I was so focused in on what I liked and it, and I had great teachers that hey, were hopefully being paid great wages. 2.7 in high school and then I graduated with like a 3.8 from college because I actually cared about it. Right. And it, again, not because I had poor teachers. I just, that was a, that's a time in your life where you're in this weird zone and you need more to engage you than in college, yeah. the subject itself really right. really gets there. So I get this question a lot. What is your future? Oh man. I 
didn't expect this future here, so I'm not totally positive what will show up next, but I am <laughs> I am manifesting um, something else career-wise. Not leaving radio, not leaving The Point, not leaving Hubbard. I love the situation I'm in now, but I have been doing afternoon radio. Um, it'll be 13 years in May that I've been with The Point, but that's give or take that 11 months that I did now 96.3 which feels like the weirdest blip like it happened it definitely happened but also to most people if I just even reference it it just takes people out of whatever else is going on (laughs) um so I just like I I assume something else will be next the social media is so interesting to me that I've been putting a lot of my focus there Mm -hmm. and I kind of see myself doing that this is a weird thing that I just came up with and we'll see what happens um I watched this movie (laughs) <laughs> with Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg and I think it's called Instant Family uh-huh. and it's about adoption Yeah, and like I 36 um, I don't have any children yet um, I have not really been one of those people who considered birth as like a thing that I saw myself doing but I've not put it out of my head to parent mm-hmm. um, so I have started getting curious about the idea of somewhere in my future maybe in my 40s I'd like to save up some money because if I'm going to adopt a child, I want to spoil the absolute living shit out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been considering that as an option. I also stopped thinking about relationships and marriage and these things uh, in the same way that I used to, obviously. And if you want to listen back to more about that story, Michelle's podcast is great because I talk about my engagement and calling it off and then getting married and then getting divorced and the whole thing. Because that was really just, I mean, no one in my family has followed the path that I'm on. Nobody I know has the job I have. Nobody I know in my adult, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, they're all married, still married, no divorces, none of that. They all have kids. Their kids go to school. It's all what I saw growing up. Nothing I've done is anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to see the future. So I just kind of toss things in the air and see what happens. And one of them was that I like, um, I care about humans and I know there are a lot of humans on the earth. So maybe not producing one, but maybe somewhere down the line adopting one would be a great plan. Um, I have three dogs. I w- if I had a bigger yard, I'd adopt more of those. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to keep growing in my spiritual context. I'm not religious. I was raised Catholic here in St. Louis. I grew up uh, Catholic. I was con- confer- confirmed in eighth grade and did all of that. And then I started kind of finding my own path with spirituality, mm-hmm. which was interesting. My parents, you know, had me go through all that and they were like, you know what, you're old enough now um, to make your own choices. So I'm kind of figuring that out. And it turns out that almost all religions have some basic principles that are together being kind to one another, you know, leaving the world a better place than you found it, mm-hmm. you know, treating your neighbors respect, these like very basic things. And since all of them have it, I'm kind of just creating what I believe in around those principles right. instead of like using a man-made situation. And that is really exciting to me because I just didn't ever feel a connection to any religion. I thought it was really great growing up because it gave me the experiences I didn't have. You know, when you're four or five, you don't, you haven't done anything bad, so you don't know that it's bad. But, like, hearing a story about Jesus, like, don't steal because it's bad. You're like, okay, cool, because that's a story I can understand at four or five, and then I know that's wrong. Um, So I feel like there was so much good about the structure growing up for me, but I'm really excited to see. I'm just, like, curious, researching everything, learning everything that I can, expanding my brain. Um, I, I think intelligence 
um, again, it goes back to education, is so important to me and to continuously build my brain. So I think that's kind of where I'm going in the future. I want to continue my career and expand it into new horizons. I want to take my um, humanity and and push that out into the world, whether that's adopting or finding somebody that I care for, vice versa, taking care of my parents as they age, Um, even just being a way better friend than I've ever been. Uh, when somebody, not just when somebody calls and asks you to hang out, but like just content, like that kind of stuff. Be proactive. Yeah. On that. And then just take, and then the other third part I think is expanding myself from the inside out, my brain, my soul, my emotions, uh, like group meditation has been such an amazing insight. Oh, yoga. I mean, look at you and your headstands. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I do like the same videos and I've been doing them for like years. So I don't know how to do very advanced moves. But I just love the ritual of it yes. all and the feeling of it. So I'm just chasing those uh, aspirations. Yes. So I'm excited. I just, I don't know where it'll go, but because I've never seen that path before me, but I'm excited to get going. So I think that's a really good plan. I think you are the most, I've known you for 12 years. Yeah. I've known you for 12 years. Isn't that years. insane? That's stupid we're, insane. You were my little mustard bottle. I, I should catch a bottle. <laughs> that's right. We, but I, I think that this place that you're in going into 2020 is such a great place for you to be in. Thank you. I That's do. important that to me that like other people see that. I feel like when you shine, others shine. Yeah. So I want people to see that I genuinely am happy because then maybe they will right do whatever steps necessary to do the same. And I think that it's important that you know I have a lot of female friends, all sorts of ages, who are single, who are. It's not the conventional no. standard, you know, for American people, like, you got to get married and have kids. Like, <clears throat> I think it's so important to have an honesty about that and then and, and talk about that more. Because Tim and I, uh, we are considering adopting. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, um, and he and I get into yeah. this in our episode, but like, I, you know... I don't, like you, I don't see myself actually birthing a child. Yeah, that's just, just not, it's just that. not something that ever, like, I feel like people see that in their head and they, like, imagine and they know, it. And and they, they, or they're like, yeah. my baby and my whatever. Right. I'm just like, a baby, a child. A, possi- yeah, a, just a like, child. a child. Right. And so, and, and that's even, like, we're literally in, in phase of that yes. whole journey. You have to watch Instant Family. It's oh, so good. God. Yeah, I, well, and I do because, and we need to go talk to like an adoption counselor and actually find yes, out. Yes, the foster coalition's really good. If we're going to like, you know, see how that goes. But I, it's, it's such a weird thing to decide to embark on being a parent. I, which I look at my girlfriends who have always known that they've wanted to be a mom and they've gone through all of the process, the struggle yeah. of, you know, infertility. And I, I see that and their dedication and they don't stop until that baby is here. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so amazing. And I'm going, wow, I wish, you know, I always thought there was something wrong with me. Why, like, did, why, I ha- did, why did I have that? Yeah. Why I'm like, where is that at? You know, I imagined my life with kids mm-hmm. on vacations, teaching them sports, helping right. with their homework. I just never imagined the actual... Act of the pregnancy, right? And the like baby the and like delivery the... room and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's just I've always been so jealous of anybody who knows what they want or who they right. are at a young age. I think most of my actual friends are from the last ten years, hands down. I don't have friends from high school. I really don't have friends from college that I still spend time right. with because I didn't know who the hell I was and I couldn't be myself to anybody, so they couldn't get to know me because I wasn't me. I was being whatever molded around them to make it a comfortable situation. Right. But it's so 
it makes me, oh, God, when people just, like, know. they like, my best girlfriend, Amy, I grew I mean, across the street from me. She wanted to be a mother. And she did. I mean, the first, got married, had kids. She just knew. She was calling. Right. Yeah. And I'm over here, like, I don't know. <laughs> just floating around. Like, for a while. I, right. I didn't know. I thought, like, I, I mean, once I realized that I wanted to be in mass comm and that I liked... I liked communicating with people. That has always been like my favorite thing. Like I always loved going to coffee and like doing yes. this without a microphone and like, you know, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And whenever it clicked, I go, yeah, I'm going to be on the radio and I'm going to communicate with people for a living. That was, and then I was like headstrong, like nothing yes. matters until I that's get where I want to be. And then you get there and you go, okay, now I'm here. Now no, what? How would I want to be? Yeah. Right. It's weird. I've been on the air in St. Louis. We we have been, I mean, you got your full-time job like what, like a week after me? Like we literally <laughs> followed this same path. I right. remember we were doing a photo shoot for her and I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to be on the point full-time. And like a week later you're like, I'm on KG full-time. And I was like, uh, look, dude, at this. look at us doing our radio right. thing. Two ladies. There weren't women on the air at those stations at the exact moment when we got hired. Right. It was like a very big deal. But then so you're like, here, like, okay, so what? what is next? I have three dogs. I'm okay. I can handle the dogs. I have my own house. I can handle the mortgage payments. I'm, I'm saving money. Okay. The next step is, can I help advance the future of, uh, humanity? Right. Is that assisting a a child through life? And I'm like, it just, it's starting to kind of the, the little, um, the little things in your brain that like, put the ideas in many year, years before you do something are just percolating. Yeah, they're just starting to be like, hey, how about this? Yeah, right. Oh, God. And it's, I think you and Tim would be such great parents, too. I know, like, even if I'm by myself, I think I'd be a great parent. I love my parents. They did a great you job. You do have them. such a gorgeous relationship with your mom and dad. God, when they die, I am literally going to shut the fuck down. Like, I will, <laughs> there's no, there's, like, literally, like, don't call me. Like, I'm I going know. to shut down because they are hands down my best friends on the planet and that's such a beautiful but such a dangerous place to put, put you know, that all much my, all my eggs are in my parent basket and they're <laughs> and they're closing in on 70 like they're in their late 60s like no have you always been this close to your mom and dad yes i think so yeah yeah i was addicted to them when i was little they probably gave me attention and i loved it and i've been just vying for attention from every human i've met ever since yeah um, and they just always give it to me in, in tenfold. So they come to all the concerts. They, they went do. to three ho shows out of 11. That's so crazy. cute. Crazy. And they had the best time. They went and saw Ludo sold out. They go to all the concerts. It's they so just rare love it. to have fa- uh, mom and dad that want to be a part of your world so much. Yeah. And that they fit in it. Yes. Like, I, I would They weren't like that, though. When I was young, they were strict when I was young. They were... My mom taught in the Catholic school district. My dad coached my basketball teams, but he was very strict, and he was very regiment about his whole life, about everything. Right. And then sometime in college, there was definitely a little... Some sort of something, maybe closer to their retirement, and they loosened up, and we just hit our stride, and... I love going on vacations with them. I'll do long car rides with them. They're probably just hands down my favorite humans above all well, anyone. I mean, and it's not just because they birth me. It's just we literally get along. Like my mom believes in um, past lives. I also believe in past lives. I believe in um, coming back and all that. Uh, but I like it. Somebody once said that the people who are in your life now, mm-hmm. if they were in your past lives, they're probably just something else. Like I wonder if in like a past life, if, like my mom was like my sister or like if she was like my husband like or you were her mom yeah or her mom or something there's definitely something like that about my parents that's wonderful they also say that those people come back in your next life if you still need them for something or if you still like until you like release them and I think that's 
I like I must be in a part where I like really need them a lot so or they need me or something because right. our souls are very connected. I I fear uh, talking politics as much as I fear talking hippy dippy. <laughs> no, I know people like walk into my house and they see the whole thing of crystals and they're like, "What's oh, up God. with you?" And you're like, "Nothing." This place is full of don't that mind stuff. my don't mind my smudges. Right. Don't, don't, don't mind. I think that's good. I actually I'm gonna have on uh, my esthetician Amy. She was giving me a facial the other day and she's like, "We're talking about the podcast." She goes, "You need to have an astrologer on," and I'm like. Great idea. Yes. So I'm going to have, I got to dig myself out somebody, which I have no, a couple of friends. I have an astrotherapist. Do you? Yes. If you'd like to speak with her, she's beyond brilliant. Is she? She is like in her fifties, single, lives directly next door to my parents. Is her name Linda? No. Okay. <laughs> no. She's, um, I want to say she's Icelandic. She has this gorgeous accent. She's this tiny willowy, I mean, does yoga in her basement, like all solar panels on her roof. Oh, all of her that. water is like. Um, filtered. filtered. She uses the crystal <laughs> when she does like Reiki. You lay on a really expensive crystal mat that like takes all the technology out of you. I've done that. She like you should have her come in do your natal chart. Like okay. she does. All, she's so brilliant. I would love to talk to her. I love her so much. I've sent Megan. I sent Rec. I've been twice myself. My dad goes like she is just beyond brilliant. I just you yeah because the whole thing it's so fascinating and she has she's like I feel like maybe some. She and I are soul connected at some point, but like she is so evolved that her and some other religion, oh. which is kind of insane. What is the religion? I, I'll let her. I mean, I'll yeah, I'll have in touch to with talk her, but, to her. but she's they started in a religion, and she's like cutest woman. She does. She d- used to do like readings and all that kind of stuff over at Mystic Valley. I think now she just does it at her home. I love Mystic I'll, Valley. I love Mystic Valley. I have a great Mystic Valley story. Oh my god, yes, I love that place. <clears throat> so, um, Kelly, yes. you know. She and I were getting, um, we were getting coffee across the foundation grounds. Love that place. Oh, and you got me turned on to that damn place. I miss Maplewood. I'm moving back to Maplewood. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. I go back there by, like once a week. So, um, we're at, uh, we're at foundation grounds getting coffee and I t- say, Kelly, I'm like, let's go over to the, I call it the witch store. I'm like, yeah. let's go to the witch store. I'm like, I need to get some incense and stuff. And so we're there and I tell Kelly, I'm like, I think I want to get a reading or something because I usually get my palms read once a year and um, I've never at this point been to, like I've had some weird stuff happen to me over the course of, like I had like a hypnotherapist situation way yes. back in high school and like I've had weird little things that have like kind of got me to where I am now and anyway so we get over there and I go I think I'm going to talk to if the medium's in I'm going to talk to the medium yeah and so I go back and I think her name is Susan and so she you know I, I said I want to talk about some stuff and she's like great and so we go back in the little room and um she sits me down and I had on like um oh my like she couldn't see my tattoos or anything my yeah. tribute tattoos and so I get up to go put, turn my phone off because my bag, I put my bag across the room and, I, and she goes, oh, as you stood up, she goes, um, I saw like a wave of black crows. She's like, is there something, uh, do you like, do crows follow you? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, well let's just, and she's writing all this stuff down. And then, um, uh, we sit back down and she's like feeling my energy out and, She's like, I get the, I get the idea that you are being followed by like a band of brothers. Like there's like a ton of older men that are in spirit form and they're following you. She's like, did your dad pass? And I'm like, 
yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah, he's here. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but did he have brothers or people that he hung out with often that are also gone? And I'm like, actually, yeah, all of his Vietnam buddies are yeah. pretty much dead yeah. from yeah. like suit death by suicide or cancer. And she's like, well, they are with him as well. And they're with you right now, and they're, like, with you all the time. And I'm like, okay, that's super cool. And then um, she was like, you know, uh, your dad really wants you to ride again. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, do you used to ride motorcycles with your dad? And I'm like, yeah, I used to have a dirt bike when we would ride, and he had a motorcycle. And she's like, he really wants you to go back and get your license. And so I had been talking to Tim about that. Yes. Is this when you went and got your... Yeah, it's when we went and got it. And so we end up doing that. But then also the thing that was so freaky <clears throat> is that she, I used to journal like all the time since I was 11 years old, like journal nonstop. And uh, she said, you know, you you were trying to get in touch with your dad like in September, August of last year, and you um, had some questions and, and he has been trying to get in touch with you ever since and talk to you about like these things. And she, and so this is where it was like so real she goes, he wants you to know that it's okay that you weren't there when he died. Because when he died, I didn't, I wasn't there with him. Whoa. And it's like insane guilt. And so. Whoa. So that's not something she could. There's no way. There's no way. There's just no way she would have known. And so then I, um, so I left. She wrote like everything down from that day. And I came home and I was like, I can't believe this has happened. And I went and got my journal out. I had one entry from August to September of earlier in that year. And it was me like lamenting about how upset I was and the guilt I carried with my dad. And like, oh my God, it was the most insane thing that's ever happened. I have not gone to a medium again because I felt like that was enough. I was like, I don't need to do this again. But I was so interested in how that, that was all. I mean, that was yeah. so random. Like, th- there was no appointment. No. There was no... She had no idea I was coming. Like, it was, hey, I want to talk to a medium. Five seconds later, I'm in her office. It's not like I share this stuff on no. social media. Like, it was just so bizarre. I have one story sort of like that. You remember, you remember Lindsay Crest? Is Lindsay Crest? Yeah, she okay. was our promotions assistant. Yes. Yeah. So she has a medium friend that she goes to, like, yearly. Mm-hmm. So she took me. I had to go out to Illinois. This woman didn't have my name. She doesn't have social media, any of that stuff. And I sit down, and she says, you know, I was going to do a reading, a tarot reading, but I'm also a medium, and someone is here with you. And I'm like, okay. Now, she audio recorded this, so I have the cassette tape oh, wow. of this whole thing. And I remember playing it for my parents, and they were, like, just absolutely blown away and she says you know someone's here with you right now um someone who's passed uh I'm thinking it's a female um and I was like okay okay I'm thinking yeah my grandmother is passed that's just only you know just her or whatever she's like okay she's here with somebody else um I'm getting like names with an H I'm getting names with um G so she got uh my grandmother's name my grandfather's name and I was like okay this is crazy and then she says to me she's she has one message and it's very specific and she was like Whatever piece of jewelry that she gave you was for you, and you were not supposed to give it away. And I like literally sit back, and she's like, she reads on my face that something's wrong. She's like, "What is it?" And I'm like, "She, when she passed away, she left me her two carat diamond, mm-hmm. and I lent it to my brother to put in the engagement ring for his wife oh. because he couldn't afford a ring, and he yeah. wanted to propose to her. And I was like, I know we're close to getting married. Right, so you you use this, yeah, in a, in a year or two when you save up the money, buy your own replacement, give me the diamond back." She still had the ring. It had been multiple years since they had gotten married. Oh he had given God. it back to me, and she was a sharp-ass bitch. Like, this is a woman who would, like, give it to you straight. There was no, like, right. she would have a Coors Light in her coffee mug. Like, 
He's like, she wants you to know that was for you. Right. That was not, and I was like, what? And I just like lost and I was crying. And then she said to me, you seem like this really bad energy is around you. She's like, I see you. Like, she's like, are you upset about anything? I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've, I've been heavier than I usually am and I don't like it. And it's really, it weighs on my self-confidence. And she goes, oh, you're going to lose the weight. It's going to be fine. She's like, I just see you carrying on all these baggies. Like, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to eat your food in like little packages and you're going to lose the weight. And I was like, okay. And like a year later, the HCG diet came into my life. And the woman who made my meals uh, shrink-wrapped them in little baggies. And I did yeah. lose the weight. And I was like, that I is bizarre. Listen to him. I was like, either she manifested that for me forward, which is great also. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. I wanted to lose the weight. You manifest great. But also, there's no way she could have known about the diet. It came out of literally nowhere. She's like, the stone, whatever jewelry she gave you, was not to be given away. That was for you. Did you and ever get like, the stones back? I did. I got married with it. I still have it now. Sorry about that. It's all right. I still have it now um, because <laughs> because my diamond engagement ring was so unique. There's no way to resell it. So if I want to separate the pieces and melt down the metal I can I just haven't gotten around to it it's been two years since I've been divorced and I have this gorgeous ring just sitting there if it would fit on my other hand I'd probably wear it on my right hand because it's like really pretty and the diamonds are pretty and I don't hold sentimental value to the relationship through that oddly enough right um but I just was blown I was like I couldn't I couldn't imagine anybody having done that that. information and I've gone to tons I've gone to tons of people and they've told me all sorts of you know like oh well you're probably gonna do this and it's like nonsense right. but you get that one person who actually can do it and, and can it's feel blown it. away mind blown highly suggest and that's it. like tim i have a bunch of like i have a bathroom over here that's like it's tarot like yes themes. and i have all my um like my little i have like uh, voodoo dolls and stuff but i pretty much those are um when i go down to like new orleans i'll yes. buy things and bring them home mainly because of keepsakes but also like i feel like just as anybody i know we also have jesus in here we yeah. got buddha like we got everybody yeah. in here yeah and so you can't hurt to have them all yeah i'm like it's a community <laughs> like if i could have like the quran i would have I, yeah. I could buy one i guess but it's like i i am so i think all of it exists yeah and it's okay that all of it exists yes. i feel like religion can be so um territorial and it's like there shouldn't no, be, there's, so. I just think there's no way that, like, somebody born in a jungle somewhere in Africa is yeah. supposed to, like, get to this certain church in Manchester, Missouri <laughs> to be born again or something. Like, right. I just, that's just not real possible for me. Yeah. So I have to open up my mind to believe that there's something right with every religion. Yes. There's probably something wrong with everyone. Sure. Um, and that mostly the wrong is probably man-made. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's down the line. <laughs> well, thank you for all the honesty today. God, we talked about everything. Um, it was fun. Yeah, this is this is the podcast. Yeah, so. just a couple of girls on a Sunday morning, just gabbing away. Thank you again to Lux. Make sure you follow her at Lux on Radio. Uh, pretty much every social platform, I believe that's her handle. And listen to her uh, two to seven weekdays on 105.7 The Point here in St. Louis. She's quite the character. And um, I'm just happy that she and I were able to have a friendship and to talk very honestly with each other about everything. I, I really can talk to her about anything and everything, and I appreciate that very much. So thanks, girl. Uh, it is January, and um, I, you know, we had two men, two fabulous men. We had my husband and David Itzkoff in December. <clears throat> and so we will have two fabulous women in January. So look forward to the next episode uh, of the Live and Learn podcast around the 20th. 
and I hope you enjoyed my first lady of 2020 for January, Miss Lux. All right. Have a great rest of your January. It is 2020. Do something that moves yourself past the fear and past the bullshit. It's a new year, new you, new fun. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>